Game Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Bravery. That's my first word. I figured we'd jump right in. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even got that up yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll vamp while you open our random word generator. Yes, that's what we're doing. Click pitch. It's a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we'll click refresh, get new words, and uh, enunciate them to each other so that uh, mm. we can turn them into game designs. And yes. uh, then we, we throw it away, do it again a bunch of times, then the episode's done. So it'll go quick, I promise. Let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Bravery. <laughs> general. Oh, well, that works well. Okay, a brave general. Uh, or maybe it's maybe or general bravery, <laughs> just general bravery. It's just that's just the concept. We just bring in the concept of bravery. Uh, well, I mean, maybe we flip it on its head. Maybe because like the sort of the cliche of the general is that they are brave. Uh, maybe this is a cowardly general, and it's other people mm-hmm. who have to step up and be brave or protect the general or something like. Uh, the general is the person who kind of holds the troops together or at least makes the plans. Yeah. So, I'm thinking what's actually happened is people uh, have revolted against the general and have sent him into the front lines. And so, it's a guy who's usually does all the planning is now, you know, having to hold a weapon for the first time in in like 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, this is someone who is used to the high-level planning. Yep. Uh, and now they're literally in the field. All right, so what does that do for the gameplay then? So, I think what your character is, is, like, the um, the character who's been assigned to, um, to like, Buddy, protect like- the general. Okay. So, the general is, like, a, is like a dumb AI who, yep. like, gets into scrapes and you've got to get- the general out of scrapes. Okay. So, it's this interesting power dynamic because they're your superior by, you know, multiple levels, mm-hmm. uh, but y- but they're useless in this yep. situation. Okay. You could bring some interesting sort of character stuff in there for sure. Yeah. And, and the idea of being that, you know, it's kind of like um, how incompetent they can be, but um, you've got to try and make them- feel like everything was their idea and their their shot and all this sort of stuff. So maybe maybe they're they're looking down the down the sights, looking at someone and you've right. got to shoot at the same time that they shoot, sort of thing. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm kind of picturing a somewhat systems based shooter, uh, whether it's procedurally generated or not, I'm not sure. I think there'd probably be there'd be a narrative to it. So it could be it could be handcrafted as well, but the the moment to moment gameplay is system based systems based in that through dialogue and your actions the general at any point has certain opinions of you like a certain level of respect for you uh in gen- you know overall um or or maybe just like whether they are looking down on you as an inferior and so they're not going to listen to you because they're all uppity, you know what I mean? Or Yeah, I kind of like the idea that that's how it starts out, that they're looking down on yes, you like yeah. um, the entire time. But then when you get them out of some scrapes and they realise what you've been doing for them and all this sort of stuff. Well, I wonder um, if you can if, if we let the player take it in a few different directions. So, to get the general to do what you want, you can either gain their respect 
have them completely yep. fearful the whole time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they are in this situation where they're now realizing, oh shit, like I could get killed any time and this is the only person who can get me through this. Uh, yep. Or maybe you're able to like teach them to be competent and they start to respect themselves or something, you know. It, there's a, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> so sort of different paths through dialogue <laughs> options and, and maybe even like skill points and stuff as you level up. You know, maybe you can make choices of whether you level up or they level up at different points. And so, yeah, I, I, what I'm what I'm sort of picturing is is like halfway through the game, you can sort of go off and do a side quest in which you're basically stomping on on all these like lower class enemies just to basically level up the general. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's I'm like actually, a montage. <laughs> there's a montage. Well, I was just thinking this game's actually ripe for some like fourth wall breaking meta stuff. So maybe yeah. they're literally like. They know about leveling up and grinding and, you know, the general is- Maybe it's not that everyone has an an overall level, but the general's, like, level 37 in strategic planning or whatever, but a level two in in gunfighting. And they talk about that. Like, they literally- And so, when you give that general a level somehow, or, yeah, you help them, you know, you give them the kill- to, yep. to because they, they it means they're going to level up. They are appreciative of that on a literal sense of like, oh, thanks for that kill. It let me level up. <laughs> like I just le- <laughs> I just leveled up my aim in my my aiming, so my recall is going to be less. Thanks. Um, I so- I somehow feel a little bit more invigorated. <laughs> oh, look, yeah, my health yeah. points just went up. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think they're literally discussing the different aspects of the. Of the gameplay in that way, and then yeah, I like that montage then of of uh, of leveling up the general <laughs> <laughs> through grinding. <laughs> Got some music going. It starts out and he's like he's like you know um, shooting at targets, and then it it leads up to you know now he's shooting at like lower lower level infantry, and then all of a sudden he's ser- he's searching for sniper nests and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when he comes out, like he's he's like this sharpshooter and all this sort of stuff. I know. I reckon that could be a bit of fun. Yeah. Well, I think as a story point, that works well. Like maybe there's a reason why at that point in the story, and it could even be like on the verge of Act Three, sort of thing. Like two thirds through the game, you know, you've leveled them up a certain degree based on the different things. But this literally just lets you, and maybe you can still choose, but it gives you like. 20 level points that you know after this montage that you can just put wherever you want <laughs> if you're a real asshole you just give it all to yourself <laughs> you're <a> superhero <laughs> yeah you just max everything out max level <laughs> turns out you know you you see a, you see another version of the um of the um montage from another another angle and it's you who's been you know stomping on all these enemies and making him feel good the whole time well i like the idea that you see other and i know this isn't what you were saying but you see other players on your side as well and you're like discussing your levels and you're like yeah i'm leveling up my, i'm leveling up this general you know <laughs> it's like a tamagotchi I'm thinking, you know, a very um, Blackadder Goes Forth-esque sort of mm. to the whole thing. Yeah, it's that kind of dry, cynical humour. Um, yeah. Yeah, with some very fourth wall breaking meta commentary. Yep. 
I like it. A wibble. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. I don't think I've even ever watched it all. Have all you right. seen any Germans? Nine. Nine, you say? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, great shit. All right. Three, two, Three, one, click. Two, one, click. Blimp. Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Cream blimp? <laughs> I just think it's so funny that we're like, okay, who's going to go first? Ah, uh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Simultaneously. Uh, okay. Cream blimp. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking in this world, like, for some reason, cream always rises to the top. Of everything. In in, the, in this world, like, um, they put cream into the blimp and for some reason it just rises. <laughs> I mean, maybe they maybe their atmosphere is milk. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just really like that idea of, you know, that's where the physics has gone in this in this particular universe. That something always happens and cream always rises, so scientists decided to try and put it into a blimp and it worked. They don't know how it happens. <laughs> So you're saying that like this is otherwise a world very similar to ours, but yeah, it's just but whatever me- whatever rises. medium cream is in, it always goes to the top of that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you put it into a blimp, it just it rises to the inside of the of the blimp and just keeps on rising because and just, it's, it's pushing. I know, it there's some sort of force field. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. I kind of like that idea. That's fine. Just- no, I'm I am yes ending that. And <laughs> so, I mean, this does this make does this make cream a very valuable commodity? Then are there people hoarding? I think cows? so. Uh, <laughs> it's going to upend the beef industry. I think the cream mines are, are like you know the the most sought after sort of real estate. The cream, all that mines? mining for cream. Yeah, the cream mines, <laughs> the cream geysers. <laughs> <laughs> Although, given what we've just said, a cream geyser would just split it spl- straight up into the air and it would just keep going forever. Into the atmosphere, yeah. Until it's space. And then it doesn't know which um, way rising is, so it just hangs out there. Cream clouds. Yep. Uh, until cream sort of breaks down and turns into, into like, um, butter. You know how it can so split does it hail and butter into, like, buttermilk and- Huh? Does it hail butter in this world? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it rains buttermilk. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, this world sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, no I'll one, no one actually that. likes this stuff because, like- Because um, it's just like eating dirt and, and drinking rainwater. Yeah, pretty much. So, what, it's what, a what world I'm full of lactose intolerant people. <laughs> 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 um, acid rain is just spoiled milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it fucking stinks. <laughs> that would be really gross. Um, oh, this, I'm, I'm yeah, picturing that there, there was like this Hindenburg in which like the, all this spoiled cream and and that sort of stuff just exploded and and you know became a very volatile substance sort of thing. Okay, so I'm, I'm liking the idea of this ho- this whole world. Uh, I think what's actually happened is you're you're on the on the maiden voyage of the first blimp to um to take off since like their version of the Hindenburg. So you 
you're basically um, the same scientist has built it and he's trying to prove that it was just a fluke. Um, and while you're up in up in the sky, that the crash was just a fluke. That that the idea of the of the whole thing exploding was just a fluke and and you know was sabotage. Um, during the maiden flight, though, there's some alarms that sort of go off, and that's the start of the game. So you're on the blimp. You're on the blimp. You're like, um, I don't know, maybe not the maintenance guy. Maybe you are the scientist. So you're you're now sort of investigating these faults and trying to trying to um, work out what's actually happening and why why the previous one exploded and why this one is is looking like it's going to explode as well. Okay, okay. So you're sort of having to start learning the physics of cream engines. Yep. Um. So if the first one was the Hindenburg, this one's the Jarlsberg. Yep. Uh, it's definitely the Jarlsberg. Or, or, or was the, or was the Hindenburg in this in this world the Jarlsberg? Yeah, perhaps. Okay. So the original one, the Jarlsberg. Uh, maybe that's the secret: is that they need to they need to add, um, what Yogurt. is it like rennet or whatever <laughs> to make cheese? Like, and the cheese is actually <laughs> gives off some <laughs> other like has some other properties. Yeah, I think what's actually happening in this is that there's a spy on board um, that is like contaminating the mixture of the cream and like maybe adding adding the rennet to make the make the cheese. Oh, so that's, that's what, what happened, happened to actually. The right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So, <laughs> so it's the, sort of like an Agatha like, Christie-esque mis- mystery. Yeah, the cream boilers of this fucking blimp just exploded because the, everything in there turned to cheese. <laughs> it, and it, it clogged up all the, um, it clogged up all, all the pipes. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, solidified a, a fucking there. cream blimp, a cream blimp can't fly if its pipes are clogged with fucking yellow. Yeah, basically what, what happens is, you know, they, they sort of force, force the cream down with pressure and then just let, let it rise again. And that, that's what sort of keeps it up in the air. But when, um, oh, you know, cause yeah, that some makes of sense. these engines turn to, it's yeah, almost like they- because it's a natural force, they're just like harnessing the energy from that natural force and turning it maybe just into electricity in some way. Yeah. Um, you know, the same way that, uh, that like a nuclear power plant, is just harnessing radioactive, yep. yeah, to, to just turn water into steam and then use that as the actual sort of, um, yeah, build the pressure, yeah. So in the, in this case, it's it's the it's the natural reaction of cream that turns into, into buttermilk. <laughs> then they then they've got like a re, recombining thing that they can recombine the butter and the and the buttermilk together again, turn yep. it back into cream and right. And so just- it's actually a it's actually a limitless resource. Yeah, is that, it, it's sort of like, like their, what's their the efficiency of, of fusion? Do they, do they lose? <laughs> they yeah. actually call it cream fusion. Cream fusion. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> that was nice and early. New cream fusion. No. Uh, <laughs> New cream fusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man and so what's the so is this person trying to go around and ruin all the cream reserves 
then because they're like they want to bring in an alternative energy source or something. Yeah, but, like I, they want I think to- it's yeah. I think it's from like big oil or or big water or something like that. You know, so it's it's sort of like oh yeah, it's definitely they, big they're oil. trying to. It's definitely big oil. Yeah, because fuck those guys or big um, coal, big coal. Yeah. So, <laughs> the <laughs> fossil fuel industry. Of- it, it's all sprung from the fact that I remembered that cream rises to the top. You know, <laughs> that whole saying. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> the same way you can oh, make shit. the same way you can make lim- limitless energy by putting buttered toast on the back of a cat. Like it's the same <laughs> concept. I'm just now picturing. There's there's like a there's like a video of of like. Um, the uh the buttered toast and, and the cat yeah. thing and they they've actually, you know, found that first and then, then they realized, oh what if we put cream in there as well and you you see it actually you can put cream into the whole mix. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something uh, that yeah. always sinks? Because if you mix that with the cream, maybe that's why they had to Well, I think <sighs> I think got a piece of the, they've got a piece of the Titanic and uh <laughs> I don't know. Alright, three to one click. Yeah. That was so awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, <it was> good. <laughs> Ooh, this one could be tricky, but we'll give it a go. Simile. Movement. Um. So, I'm trying to think of some gameplay around similes or some sort of where you're like, you're able to sort of give yourself properties if you can think of a simile. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm thinking that um, the power is all about, like, a simile of a movement sort of thing. Okay. So, like, it has to be around movement, is it? Or it has to be- Yeah. You have to be comparing it to a particular type- Type of, of movement, movement. Of, of, like, an animal or something like that. Okay. I did say this would be tricky. I'm trying to figure out. So, like, as as fast as a- Slap cheetah or whatever. Oh, it has to just okay. So it's only it's just that it's a round movement, as nimble as a thimble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> as cunning as a fox, sort of thing. And yeah, but so is it just that you think of this and you like you can then be cunning? Yeah, I, I think I think it's more that. There are there are like these powerful similes in the world that you're sort of um, going off and try to trying to find. Um, oh, so like words of power. There's the similes of power. Yeah, yeah. and it's sort only of like slippery as a snake, sort of thing. And then you know you can you can then all of a sudden you know slip in between. Right. Um, so is this, is this a world where anyone who just accidentally comes across, like, comes up with that simile suddenly finds himself falling on their ass? Um, because oh, they're I, ca- I kind of like the idea that it's that it's the first, um, the first person to come up with a simile has sort of has the power, and it, it like just gets this power. <laughs> so it has to be one that nobody else has thought of before. Yeah, and basically, what you're looking for is is like the ancient similes. Um, are, or is it just that ones that are incongruous but still apply in some way? Like, you might say a slippery is a snake, but a billion people have said that before. 
But if you exactly. say, but, but the if first you person say, that said it, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, the first and the first person who did it is now the slipperiest motherfucker alive. Yeah, but if you say I'm as horny as a snake, <laughs> nobody's ever said that before. <laughs> and look, who knows how how horny snakes are? They might not be that horny, but you are now as horny as a snake. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's kind but of I think- finding those similes that are advantageous, but also completely unique. Yep. <laughs> God. So, like, you can't be as drunk as a skunk, or even as smelly, like smelly like a skunk, but you could be depressed like a skunk, and they're never depressed. <laughs> they aren't they? Like they're fun-loving creatures. So now you've just cured your depression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, clean. Yep, that's kind of fucked up. All right, kilo worse, worse, and kilo. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let's start with this kilo of what? Um, <laughs> worst W U R S T. <laughs> sure. Yes, we're in the sausage business. Yep. Uh, all right. All right. My mind- I'm picturing a sausage factory. Maybe yep. it's something around the whole added adage of, like, you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Um, yeah. Uh, I was kind of- I, I don't know if it's, uh, like, a management- I know you hate those, but, like, a building- like, building up a factory sort of game- where you're getting to put together pipes and you just see all this fucking gross sausage meat, like, going through pipes and getting, you know, combined in different ways to put spices in some of them and cheese in others mm-hmm. and different things. And then, obviously, it's got to end at, you know, something at this, the, where it puts a fucking intestine over it or whatever. Um, yep. The casing. Now, what are these sausages made of? Well, maybe that's part of the whole factory. Maybe you've got to, like, maybe you're starting from live meat of some kind and you have to herd them into the grinder. <laughs> and that's, like, how you get the sausage meat into the factory. What I, what I kind of want is, like, um, sentient cubes of meat that are just <laughs> sort of out there so that they're, they're non-determinant okay. like, meat cubes. Yeah. All right, and um, there's like, okay, okay, I kind of like that. Well, because I was going towards a, a bit of a, uh, like, you can buy the cheaper meat, and, and that was, I was thinking of different animals and things, but I do like the idea of, yeah, you've got just these these cubes of meat that kind of flop around, but there are still <laughs> different ratings to them, right? There's like a there's like yeah. a hierarchy there of, you know, the- Yeah, great stuff, all stuff, five stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the one star meat is super cheap and you go up close and it's like got gray, gray spots and like hair in it and stuff. <laughs> and I'm picturing and like- sawdust. And I'm picturing some really great shaders <laughs> here on the meat, just beautifully mushy. Um, yep. but that's how you have to start out, right? You have to start, you start your little sausage factory with some one mm-hmm. grade one or whatever, lowest grade, low grade meat, a grinder, and a ca- and a casing and a caser casing thing, mm-hmm. and that's it. And you start selling them on the street. 
<laughs> as you go, you can get more ingredients. You can get higher grade meat. You can improve the efficiency of your factory. Um, um, are you kind of thinking of it like a satisfactory factory yeah, sort of thing? Yes. That yes. you can get some automation happening? Yes. I'm thinking it's around automation. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking- it. It's all about farm to table, but it's all automated in between the farm and the table. <laughs> so, effectively- Yes. <laughs> I like the idea that, yeah, you eventually get to the point- Well, that, that's it. You could combine it. Maybe you're also building the restaurant up front. So, it's sort of this three-in-one. You're building, like, the farm aspect, the factory aspect, and the- then the restaurant aspect, and you're literally trying to automate all of it. Um, yeah. Including, point- like, um, you know, you can set the farms all the way down the road. You you then, you know, load it into trucks that then head on down, um, and then you've got some robots that cook cook up the sausages and, and put them out. As, you well, as again, I, like- think, I think the idea of it being sort of a-, a um- a construction line, uh, assembly line sort of idea where, yeah, you've, you, <laughs> because sausages come in strings, right? And so you get to choose yep. where to cut them. So I like the idea that literally coming out of the casing thing, you can like wind it around pulleys and stuff. Uh, this just, you've got these <laughs> sausage links and you can, you can just pass them over a grill and that, that can be how you cook them. Uh, mm-hmm. and then at some point you have to put them through the like chopping <laughs> thing that actually cuts the links <laughs> and, and, and sorts them out onto plates or whatever, uh, or into, you know, you, cause you might be doing other things with them. You might be coating them in something or you might be sourcing them or you might be putting them in buns. Yep. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then you, you even, yeah. even the, the serving of them, you can go full, you can go in different directions. You can go like, autonomous waiters that are robotic or you can just literally like run pipe like run tubes pneumatic tubes to the tables and sausages just pop out of them (laughs) (laughs) just rain of snags (laughs) guys disgusting i really want someone to make well i really i just i really want someone to make those cubes of meat you can give them such personality as they just like yep. shuffle around and squish into each other, <laughs> the sound effects. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be that would totally be our merch as well. You could just get like a a meat cube plushy. All right, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like Super Meat Boy, but not, yeah, but no, not but less sentient. personality. Yeah, like it's but it's an animal. Yeah, it's it's one yeah, step up but from still companion the same cube. amount of hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, just just imagining the 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 slight moving in and out of the breathing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the screams as they Ugh. go through the grinder. You know, <laughs> just picture it. In in the next version, let's just let's manufacture them without voice boxes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the flavor is. One voice box in every sausage is our guarantee. (laughs) My next word is coral. (laughs) Okay. Mine's hitchhiker. (laughs) So, is this you have to like- You're driving along, you have to make sure to pick up like a tenor, a soprano- (laughs) 
Oh, I just can't believe that, you know, of all things to, to come up in this, it was choral after we were just talking about vocal cords. Jesus Christ. I don't know. We've done singing in in hitchhiking before. Have we? Yeah, I think we did. I don't remember that. Pretty sure we did a musical game at one stage to do with this. Okay. I don't know. Um, there's like 152 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> We've gone through everything. We're just go- <laughs> Yeah, we're just repeating we're ourselves by now. That's all right. Yeah. I'm just assuming that the people listening right now have not listened to the whole backlog, so it'll be new to them. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Hitchhiker and Coral. Um, I mean, I do love the idea of just like a barbershop quartet in in a car, and and it's um how how they how they go cross country trying to get to this um to like this barbershop quartet. Uh, competition. Okay, yeah, we could make it more narrative, like that, like that. It's a it's a story based thing. It's a road trip game. Yep. Um, I like the idea that you know you sort of learning a little bit about each of the people that you're hitchhiking with. I'm thinking very similar to say Curse of Monkey Island three. You know where you could sort of select select like a, a line and then the other people would sing sing something based off of that. That you choose. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of sort of a musical- like how to make a whole game out of that. Well, okay. Maybe it's a roguelike. <laughs> In that you you choose your character or you get a random character. They have a particular type of voice. Mm-hmm. And you ha- you you are a hitchhiker. Um, and you, you get picked up by a barbershop. A quartet who's missing one, like, so a barbershop fucking tri- triplet. <laughs> trio, I guess. They're a quartet, but- a Trio. Um, they want to be a quartet. And you I was going to say, all- they're a quartet, but they don't like one of the members, so they're trying to- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just thinking your voice may or may not fit into it, and you have to, like, somehow rearrange, like, throughout the game, then the, the goal is- The idea is to get to your goal with the perfect arrangement of pe- of people to sound good or- Something and you do that, but there's by- a secret. There's a secret part of the um part of the game in which you can kill the person that met that matches your um. <laughs> your well, that's it. I stylings. think it's. I think it's. I think it is finding ways to get rid of people who don't fit your quartet, and then you you randomly pick up new hitchhikers, and you're like, ah, shit, another soprano. This guy's really good. <laughs> we need someone who can beatbox. <laughs> or at least you know. I'm just picturing like this horror game in which you're basically going across the country as this hitchhiker that's just murdering all these barbershop quartets, <laughs> just trying to try to get like the um get like the per- the perfect group. But then when they realise that you've murdered people, like they they try to turn on you. So then you got to kill them too. And now you're going after it. Now you're trying to find a new group. <laughs> <laughs> um. This just reminds. So, did, have you seen this game Chorus that just got its funding? That, that's oh, it did actually, actually gets funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reached it in the past couple of days. Um, I'm just nice. amused that this has come up at the same time that that's out there. Looks really cool, and I can't wait to play it. it I'm glad they I'm glad they got it because that was the one that was announced at PAX. Yes. Yeah. And um, they had one of the guys from um, Star Trek Discovery who said, "I want to be in this." Yeah, I saw that. He got a whole heap of people. Um, Coming in for it, so um, that's actually kind of cool. Definitely. All right. Yep. Take one click. Yep. Nurse. Stiffness. 
<laughs> All right, this is not about horny. Oh no, creepy guys! No. This is a this is a game set in a bar, and you're nursing a stiff drink. Well, where, where I was, where my mind actually took it was, um, you're a nurse who's trying to stop rigor mortis from, um, <laughs> from like coming into to like uh Bernie who's just died. Oh my god! <laughs> like, in this in this remake of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> So, you're just trying to, like, keep them limber? You have to keep moving particular <laughs> limbs before yep. they stiffen up? <laughs> oh you're my trying God. to stave off rigor mortis. <laughs> Do you have to, like, keep the blood pumping in some way or it's just the- mu- Like, I don't even know what causes specifically the biological factors that cause rigor mortis, but- <laughs> And then I'll look it up. I it's know, important just, to this game. Just when you said stiff and and I saw nurse, I just immediately thought weekend at Bernie's and- <laughs> Oi, oi, oi. Um, uh, click again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> bunker. Feminist. Feminist bunker. So, when the MRA revolution comes- and the fucking creeps and incels rise up. This is the place where the where the the not insane people go. Is that it? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that nuclear winter is actually caused by the fact that we want to just wipe out all the all the incels. <laughs> it's the oh my god! It's the war of the the incels versus everyone else. Is that it? Yep. The uh, people. This has gone somewhat off the rails. Yeah, no. No. Three to one yeah. quick. It's one of those episodes. The cream rose to the top very early. <laughs> Pastrami. Breeze. I thought you were going to say brie. I was like, we got a sandwich happening. Uh, breeze. <laughs> okay. Um, pastrami. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. Okay. So- you know how in cartoons when um, a character, like, smells something and they start <laughs> yep. floating towards it? Yep. Yep. Uh, so, I think the idea is what you're trying to do is um, you've got a sandwich shop and you've got to, like, blow the pastrami smell over the city to try and get it concentrated to get people to float in and come buy, buy the sandwiches. Okay. So it's about setting up um setting up fans in in like a <laughs> like strategic <laughs> positions to to be able to like get the most amount of people. And it depends on where where they're sort of congregated at this stage where whether you need to switch on different sets of fans and and that sort of stuff. Okay. Okay. So you kind of you kind of measure like um manipulating or at least not 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 manipulating the 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 breezes themselves, obviously, but you're like taking advantage of the breezes around this small town, yeah, to attract people to your shop where you have pr- yep. pastrami. All right, uh, I wonder if this is like a couch competitive game where you and up to oh, three so you've got friends like four restaurants in the have, four different corners. Yeah, and and you've sort of got this maze of a town. With the different streets and things, and and maybe the only way you can tell which way the wind's blowing is just by you can sort of you've got the visible smell of of each shop. Yep. Um, and of course, if if you 
use one of your big industrial fans, you can actually blow not only your smell towards like another mm-hmm. another area, but you can also blow their smell away. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So you can sort of take over the smell and and like get get the customers to drift towards your exactly, restaurant. exactly. You're trying to pull them in towards your Ooh. restaurant. When they get there, they buy something, and it's about making the most money in a certain amount of time. And then you've yep. got certain yeah, like, like power ups and things where you can like send, you know, a robotic something out into the streets to to blow in a certain direction. But you know, there are ways for your opponents to counter that. Um, and this sort of thing. So you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of fire off different, um, different things. To, yeah, what, to alter, what I can, which, which breezes you're taking advantage of, basically. Yeah, what I'm sort of seeing in this is that, like, you can actually send a send a local dog to sort of, um, you know, off in into into the middle of of like this this scent. And drop oh, a big deuce. Yes. And, you know, it just ruins that, ruins that scent. It basically so they blocks can no it from go there. through that area. Yeah. Like, yep. uh, yeah, exactly. Like no one, cause it just mixes with the scent. The scent continues, but it's now tainted and, and it renders it useless for the purposes of pulling punters by their noses towards you. Um, yeah. And I just love this idea of you can tell how engaged someone is with your smell by whether they are literally floating off the ground and, and, and coming via their nose. Like they'll start walking in your direction if they get a whiff. But once they're like yeah. fully, fully experiencing it, they're doing the whole cartoon. Yeah. And I, I'm imagining that a full, a full experience like that is like a five second, um, or not even a five second, maybe a three second full on smell of this. That they start floating off the ground and yeah. floating a bit faster. Yeah. Um, so if you can do something to to actually stop, that- well, maybe you've got ways to like increase the strength of your smell temporarily as well, or or it's just yep. if you're not splitting it, you know, if if you're sending uh, the full force of it in one direction, then it, it it's less time for them to kind of lock on to your scent. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether it's actually. Um, whether they're actual restaurants or whether this is just a big sort of area and there's, it's all like four different food trucks. Yeah, it could be that, food trucks. That you're yeah. sort of going off. Yeah, I um, think you need like a, then you're I think in there's a smaller- obviously there needs to be like a maze of streets, and I think like every two or three minutes, um, the breezes change. So like you you can learn which direction a breeze is going and like what streets it's heading down, um, but. You got crosswinds. You've got um, yeah, exactly. And so that I, I do like the idea of. I do like the idea that you've only got like maybe two fans that you can sort of deploy. Yes, yeah. Um, that can get get your scent into into an area that um, may be full of people that you can or you can or maybe there's even a balance of like you can fire up more fans, but it takes power away from. Um, like how much meat you're cooking or, or maybe the, like the strength of the smell or something. Um, so you can, you can be more, you can manipulate the direction of it more, but it'll be a, um, less powerful scent. What I do like though is, um, anytime that you set up a fan, you have to run like, um, an extension cord from your restaurant to the fan. And if you Um, run too far, it like unplugs it. (laughs) You have to go back. You yeah. can, you can, um, also have, you know, some, uh, your character runs around with like, um, scissors that you can basically cut someone else's 
um, line. So oh, you so can you can like you can you can uh, you can fuck with their shit. You can go away from your home base, which obviously leaves it open, but to, you can go fuck with someone else's stuff. I like that yeah, idea. Well, That's I a think, bit of a. I think I like the that reminds me of like regular human basketball when you like jump into the other person's thing and yes, jumping into the other person's base. You are running around. You're setting the fans, but you you're also you know if you want to move the fan from from this side of the block to the other side of the block, then maybe you'll have to go back around the block because your your extension cord can't can't go that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you've got to be thinking about where the extension cord is actually yeah. running. Yeah. Um, and if it gets cut, you know, if, so it, if it does get cut, it's permanently that length now. And unless you buy yep. a new one or like, spe- you know, trade off something to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> and you can plug them into each other, of course, if you really want to take it far away. I like, yeah. I do like that idea of basically having to manage your extension cord inventory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like between rounds or like when the winds shift. You've got like a purchasing period or something, um, where it's yeah, like- which you can go to like the the, the local um, Radio Shack or whatever it is. And- <laughs> yeah, and so you can either buy fans or extension cords or like some of the other power up things. Um, like that's that's where you get to strategize, in the, and that's what you've got to use for the next round. Um, but of course, your your stank. Um- you know, it's it's extremely <laughs> concentrated if you if you have like one set of fans sort of sort of leading it, you know, in the way of the breeze. But yeah. if you've got like um, two fans sending it off in two different directions, then your stank is going to actually be, you know, less powerful. Yeah, exactly. The, um, yeah, the I think that's yeah, that's the point. So it's the risk versus reward of mm-hmm. you know, do you, do you want to hit those two two different groups at the same time? Well, because I'm or- thinking that it's going to be really based on the level, right? It could also be. Yeah, like you want to catch, you want to capture people. I think once they are caught in your smell and are floating off the ground, it is harder. It's it's hard to get them onto onto someone else's scent. Um, there are ways to do it, and obviously, like if you if you drop a dookie in the path of it, then they just drop because then that's going to break that scent line. Yeah, uh, but um, so so a strategy could be sending. You know, sending your your all your smell down this one path that you know is kind of going to intersect where people walk to prevent to to capture them before they can even hit someone else's smell, kind of thing. Like that's your strategy. Except you know that's obviously leaving you open to another section of the map that is completely you know you're not you're not tackling at all. Yeah, I think there's some really cool things you could do there. Some really cool strategies. I think the dookie thing is uh, one of those things that only lasts a small amount of time. Oh, yeah. I think there's. There's like a street sweeper that's going around that um, that cleans stuff up. Well, or it just dissipates. Like it might just have a timeout. Um, yeah. And I think that I think that the dookie is literally just a cannon. I think it's not that you like hire a dog. I think you just like fire a, a shit up into the air. Arcs <laughs> you know, over you know and what happens where you put one, want it to go. You know what happens? You you go. Um, your your little character has got, has got like. Um, a plastic bag on his hand and he's running oh, you into have to the park it. and he just picks up a fresh one and then runs. You have to collect it. it. You have to oh, collect it. Well, actually, I like that then. Maybe there is just <laughs> one dog constantly wandering around, yep. randomly dropping shits. And yep. so you may have to go and clean it up just incidentally. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that the, <laughs> the dog is just running around. Um, 
Well, and then that could be another strategy because maybe part of maybe you can then like, I mean, you've got fucking pastrami. Dogs dogs want this shit too. Maybe you can lead the dog to the end, like to the your your opponent's area, so they're going to hang out there for a while. They're more likely to just drop a shit um, and and disrupt <laughs> their scent lines. Yeah, so you move your fan over and just blow it in the direction of the dog, and the dog starts going with the scent lines and starts dropping dookies along <laughs> along the path. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is one of those games that I want to build and just experiment with. Um, yeah. That's really I reckon cool. there's, some, there's some good ideas in this. Um, I wonder if this is just a two-player. I wonder, like, anyway, I, I think that, that would come through experimentation and seeing how many it can handle. Because you have to think about what happens yep. when they mix and different things, but- um, yeah. yeah, the super scent or or it's like a, a super storm that sort of happens where, you know, it starts storm. melding and create, creates like this tornado of pastrami. Oh, my God. That's really funny. <laughs> I do like that idea is the, is that if there- you overpower a certain area with multiple scents from the different shops, it like, yeah, it starts like twisting and turning and creates a twister and just kills people. I'm, I'm thinking, is there like, you know, the complete opposite of pastrami? The so pastrami is, pastrami is so strong. In Matsap. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, t- I'm trying yeah. to think, you know, if people don't want pastrami or if they smell something else that is like a polar opposite of pastrami and they okay. want that instead, then that's what, you know, is sort of like the it's sandwich wars effectively. Right. But it's, you know, one, one store, you know- um, is all about pastrami. The other store is all about like corned beef or something like that. I think pastrami is beef anyway, so it's sort of it like is be- yeah, types it's of beef. traditionally beef. Um, you can make it from other things. I have the Wikipedia page open, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could bring preferences into it like that. I feel like that might be overcomplicating it. That might be more of just a um, a character thing. Like a, uh, <laughs> you can decide what your person is making. It doesn't actually affect the gameplay, but uh, it affects it affects what. Your stuff looks like. I love it. I'm, I'm looking for um, the antonyms of pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any? <laughs> well, if if a, if pastrami is a highly seasoned cut of smoked beef, then it would be a An you know uns- just a literal <laughs> just unsmoked. It's just raw meat. Normal, boring piece of meat. <laughs> well, no, I think you have to find something equally smelly, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. Maybe it's cheese again. Could be. All right. I love it. Three, two, one, click. Well, I, w- I want some pastrami now. <laughs> I want some cheese. Etcher. Attending. Okay. So, I mean, my word is etcher as in like somewhat- I guess one who etches, but of course I saw, immediately went to etch a sketch. Yep. My first thought when you said attending was some sort of surgeon simulator esque or like doctor thing, but the only controls you've got are like two knobs to like yep. etch a sketch, one up and down, one left and right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm immediately sort of thinking it's it's like one of those um, you know crane crane games. Where you where you're like doing operation with doing oh, operations okay. with with like an etch a sketch sort of thing or yep you know so- something around those those lines I do, do like the idea of you've got x number of time and you got to try and you know 
move it forward, move it to the side and get it in the right place to, mm-hmm. to like, and I'm thinking simple things here, like, um, you know, pick up a, a pen from the table and then bring it over and then, you know, pick up your pad and yeah. be able to write a prescription and, well, and just- Yeah, so what are you controlling directly? Because the thing about the Etch-A-Sketch is you've got very fine control in, in just those two axes- and and mm-hmm. but it's it's you know like in the traditional case to do a drawing that is not an easy way particularly to do that and also the and also that you can't pick up the pencil in that case so how how do we <laughs> move that over to some sort of doctor based thing where that where that makes it difficult can you not pick up the scalpel <laughs> 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 Are you trying to like do this surgery all in one line <laughs> somehow without doing too much damage? <laughs> so it's just like a little scalpel they've cut or all maybe the way through, like, and now in a yeah. single cut, they're like. <laughs> also, maybe it's like a laser scalpel, right? So you've just got that point of the laser, and something's gone wrong. You can't turn it off. <laughs> and the only way you can control it is with these edge controls. Uh, and I'm picturing this is the perfect but- candidate for a game with like custom per- with a custom peripheral. You've just literally got the two knobs. Because um, actually, I, know. I-, I was actually well, because I was definitely thinking yeah. VR for this. Like- I guess it might have to be. That's the only tra- like somewhat traditional control scheme I can think of that would map well enough onto turning two knobs but i feel like so much of it comes from the ha- like the the, the physical, the physical turning of feel the of turning a knob as as gently as you can um <laughs> yeah so i think I, I do like the idea that um you know when you're first doing doing the first incision which is literally the clothes are on the person and you've got to like um Reasonably quickly cut through the clothes. Then that allows yeah, I love it to that this, this laser is just powerful enough to cut through a single layer of whatever it touches, but it cannot be turned off. Um, yeah, and so the longer that you leave it on, and you know the next cut is really really slow as you're you're sort of trying to keep it going in that diagonal sort yeah. of path. Yep, um, and that's cutting open and it's like okay now i need to quickly you know keep it moving keep it keep it moving keep it moving it, it doesn't do too much damage as it's as it's moving it's like okay here's your next cut and you've got to sort of go and follow along this line um rather rather slowly and then keep it moving keep it moving keep it moving okay where's my next cut and <laughs> yeah i guess it's I just like then, that. Uh, yeah and basically you're gonna have to cut through multiple layers then of their body pretty much um, are you doing other things as well? Like while, like, is it just the cutting or is it, you need to get to this cut and then do something and then, you know, get to the next cut. It's like, okay, I've cut through the skin. Now we need to do a separate cut through the muscle and now we do, you know, and now we need to do a separate cut through the rib cage and okay, we're at the heart. We don't want to damage the heart. Like okay, so make big circles, big sweeping circles around the heart. <laughs> Whoops! I cut it out of them. <laughs> Their heart falls through the floor in a perfect circle. 
Well, actually, I love that. As it, as it goes, like, the power's just increasing, increasing, increasing. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I think it's just it's cutting one layer of stuff every time. I love the idea that what that a strategy might be to just move the laser off the body and it just starts just cutting through the table. Uh <laughs> If you cut a big hole in the in the bottom of the floor, you see through to to like the <laughs> so, next floor underneath. Yeah, it's like a ward down there. It's a pediatric ward. You don't want to drop fucking someone's head you, on them. You just you leave it on on this nurse's head. <laughs> she just ah! she starts screaming. <laughs> I love the I love this idea. It's hilarious. I'm, I'm not sure that the gameplay would pan out. Um. But I love it anyway. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. This should be our last one, I reckon. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. Make it a good one. More. As in M- variety. M A W. I thought it was M O R E. No, not more variety. Well, with variety. No, more, more variety. as in a huge gnashing, gaping, gaping more. more. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I mean, that makes sense for something that's just like endlessly hungry, right? And and so having to provide yep. it a variety of things, perhaps like variety maybe- of food. Yep. All right. I'm thinking of some sort of uh, like alien planet where yep there is yep, this beast, uh, and. And the sort of the locals have to con- they they they're cons- constantly having to just uh, give offering right to this thing. So well, that it doesn't what I think awaken. it is is it's like it's the it's the queen of this okay. of this like hive. Yep. Um. So you know you're a worker worker, whatever. Yep. And you're having to to go off and and find you know <clears throat> the next thing that she's that she's asking for. Okay. So, it's sort of like, um, you know, this time she wants three red bugs and and one green bug. All right. So, and it's kind of like- and find that. All right. Okay. Let's bring it- Because I like this idea of it sort of being this this society of aliens that's, that is very similar to like a beehive. But yep. they're all sentient and like human, humanoid even. Um. And so there's there's conversation going on, and uh, but but also they can only give each other directions by dancing. <laughs> by what? By dancing, <laughs> like bees. <laughs> so y- you know you you yourself can't possibly go out and get yeah the three red ding bugs and seven. Crystal crunchy gems <laughs> that the, that the queen is craving right now. So you have to dance direct some people in the right direction, um, and so it's kind of around learning the dance moves to send off workers in the right direction and hope that they come back. Jesus Christ! Hope that hope that you have told them the right thing to get and what and generally where it is. Um. <laughs> And it's uh, it's built on the Just Dance engine. <laughs> you have to physically oh, do God. the dances. Why did you have to do that? 
you just ruined what was a good game. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's a dancing game. You've got to bring in some sort of actual physical motion. Otherwise, what are you doing? No, actually, I kind of like the idea that you, it's uh, it's more of a co-op-ish game where you're controlling the <laughs> limbs and you have to- It's more about trying to replicate the right dancers. Uh, yeah. Actually, that could oh, be really fun. Octodad sort of- yeah, so it's like, okay, I have to move- Awkward control. I have to do this move, then that move, then this move, and that says, you know, red ding bug. Uh, and then I have to do this move and that move, because that's going to direct them northeast. Uh, yeah. But, it, yeah, you have to, like, switch between, well, I'm controlling this arm, and now I'm controlling this leg with a thumbstick. Um, like, I'm thinking maybe the left thumbstick- controls the left leg and left arm, but you have to switch between them, like with the the bumper or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously the same on the right. And, I don't know, add some complexity in there. The trigger makes you do jazz hands or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah, it's like really easy to mess it up. You can accidentally send someone off in the wrong direction. You're like, oh, fuck, I've got to start over with the next worker. And you've got a limited amount, so you might have to wait for them to come back with the complete wrong thing. Um. Well, and may- actually, maybe that's part of it. You have to. You are. You are the choreographer, <laughs> or like you're the dance lead of this hive. And not only do you have to send people out to get the stuff, you have to send them out to find where the stuff is. So, so mm-hmm. one of the moves you have to do is say, "Scout this direction." And they'll come back and say, well, I saw this, 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 and this there. Like, these resources resources are there. And you're sort of filling in generally your directional map so that when the certain, the orders come from the queen of, I want this, you you may or may not know which, where to send them. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's like the resource management around sending those workers out via dance. <laughs> what do you think? That's... <laughs> Very different to where I was going to go. All right, go. tell me yours. So, mine was more an action-adventure sort of thing of going out into different different lands and, and like, searching for the um for the thing that she's she wants. And at first, it's, like, you know, nice and easy, nice and easy to actually find. You know, it's sort of like, go just outside the cave and look, all of a sudden, there's three red bugs and a green bug. But later on, she's asking for, you know, like, the, the crunchy crystal... Um, yeah, uh, and that sort of stuff, and then you you're having to go further and further and further, <clears throat> and sort of remembering where you saw this previously. So it's sort of like a memory game while also okay, um, sort of an action action platformer. So is there is there a narrative to it as you go, or is it um, or is it like procedural? Um, is this more like a roguelike ish kind of thing? What what I kind of what I kind of like about it is that. You know, as maybe as you go, you know, initially you're just doing things because, um, you know, the queen's sort of told you that you need to and you believe in, in, you know, following these orders, but it's more around as you, as you're out there and you, you see all these other, um, these other people who have, you know, maybe, maybe you saw earlier in the story, but they, they sort of have not come back. Okay. And you find out that, 
that being close to the queen is actually giving off this um, pheromone that makes you makes you want to follow her orders. Oh, okay. So there's like some sedition going on, and there's an aspect of do you go back or not? Yeah, or stay free. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't uh, see that being good. Kind of like I do, the idea I do particularly like I, I do like the idea of some pr- procedural generation in that, where each time you play, um, it's a different map. So it it is yeah. new each time, and and remembering where stuff is, and it's like oh crap, where are the where are the where are the crunch caves this time, um, and you generally know yeah, oh it's going to be you know mountainous area, so you can kind of head in that direction. Um, so is there combat and stuff like along the way? Is that kind of you're fighting through? Yeah, I, I, I think there is some combat, but it's not like it's not the main part of the game. It's just that. Your combat is there to protect yourself. Yeah, it's like um, you you are traveling to find this stuff, and along the way you will come along, uh, um, um, <coughs> come upon things that want to kill you. So you need to be able to fight yes. back. Okay, but the majority of the time, like if you if you go, you know, actively searching to kill these things, then um, you know maybe the AI will actually start realizing what you're trying to do and gang up on you a little bit more. Well, and I like I like the idea and that if you're as trying you to- get harder and harder quests, it's like, I want to eat eggs of the, uh, you know, spider elephants from the north. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you have to go into their these, um, these fucking cave. massive eight-legged elephants with- yeah. Eight trunks. Oh, I'm just imagining that. that <laughs> <laughs> eight trunks. Yeah. <laughs> How many legs? <laughs> just four. <laughs> just four legs. <laughs> um, where does the web come out of? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so wrong. All right. Okay, so, I reckon we for can call people at home- Okay. Tell us which voracious, what was my more and variety. I don't know. I think I'm calling yep. this the voracious queen. Uh, tell us which voracious queen game you liked better. My dance strategy thing or Trevor's action adventure roguelike kind of um, fun combat game. I think they yeah. both had their, their high points. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Mine happened to come from spider elephants because that is just a scary. Well, I was like, high when I came up with that, so that yeah. was a high point. I'm I'm just imagining like creeping into a cave and then all of a sudden looking up and seeing like this big elephant on the ceiling. <laughs> you just see him <laughs> from eight trunks at Shit. once. <laughs> just comes crashing down. Jesus Love Christ, it. that's that's scary. Um, all right, well, I think we'll. Finish it up there for the night. Yep. Yeah. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our bits and pieces are on there. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Check out our YouTube. I don't know if we'll ever put anything new on there, but hopefully. Uh, we are also on 8bit.net. If you want to go and check out 8bit, they are a collective of podcasts, mostly gaming podcasts, pop culture co- podcasts. Uh, we were on Comedy Rewind a few weeks back and- uh, there are just a great bunch of people who uh, who make podcasts. Podcasts, podcasts, podcasts. Check them out, 8bit.net. 
More podcasts can be found at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for at AGP Network on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Hell yeah. So, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. I just creamed my pants and I'm floating. (laughs) 